0: This is the famous Dr. Frank of the famous Mr. T Experience, and you're listening to The Famous Dummy Room. This is the big time, girly. This is rock and roll.
1: Hey, bud! Let's party! This is the happiest day of my life! Hey, pizza! <laughs> You're immature, you can't do a single thing by yourself, you're a spastic nerf bag all the time.
2: You guys are not that dumb. Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome to the show, episode uh, episode 125 of what uh, Dr. Frank calls the world famous dummy room, as you just heard. So thanks, Frank. Um, so tonight I got a guest here, sitting here, we got uh, Craig Dunkel from The Suck. How you doing, Craig? Good, how's it going, Nate? Going pretty good, man. Some cool shit we're doing tonight. We got some. We're gonna play a new Mangy's tune. We're gonna play a new uh, Travolta's tune, which is unbelievable. And we're gonna talk about an album that I know you love uh, from a band I know you love, and I actually like this band a lot. I love this album. Uh, we're gonna be talking about the first Green Day album, Thirty Nine Smooth.
3: Awesome, man! Excited to talk about it.
2: Yeah, can you believe it's thirty years old?
3: Yeah, it definitely makes <laughs> you feel old when you hear when you hear things like that. Wow, thirty years already.
2: Yeah, I actually. I actually reached out. I actually tried to get Billy Joe or Mike Durant on the show. Yeah, <laughs> but as uh, as you would expect, uh, not really easy. <laughs> that's awesome. Did you even get
3: like a re- reply or anything? I mean, I I don't no. know. Like, I don't even know how you would go about that. But
2: I, d- I didn't either. I reached out yeah. to agents and management. Yeah, yeah, and uh, nothing. And that's not that's that's nothing like I'm used to. Yeah, you know, sure. everyone that I deal with is direct, um, so that's that was kind of a foreign thing, and yeah, maybe someday yeah, I'll hear cool. back from them. But <laughs> that that they're on it, they're on a much different level. They're on a whole different level of fuck you than <laughs> than I'm used to. So yeah, that's cool. I'll do my best. So yeah, so first off, man, let's get to this. Uh, let's get to this new Manji. So the 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 new Manji's album comes out. It's out tomorrow. Everybody needs to. Uh, I love this album. You've heard it, right?
3: absolutely it sounds great
2: yeah um everyone's gonna love it man so let's what song do you want to do like i like take it on the chin what do you like that's cool i
3: was really digging um track four track 11 jeez i don't even remember (laughs) what they're called off the top of my head but oh man which one was that that i was really digging well i'll tell you what the whole thing's great for sure but that track four really stood out to me that how do you say that? Pan and arrow?
0: Such a cool guy on a motorbike, smoking like a strike. I'm a real man, in fashion wear, you're a good catch. How is things The bots are dumb. Yeah. We'll In The sun, king of me land. School sucks, heavy metal too. I watch TV and eat fast food. All you nerds just look at me. I'm a rooster, I'm the street Come on, you're very sad the balls. The telephone,
2: come on I'm a real tough girl, come on hey, on the telephone, come on I'm a real tough girl, come on hey, on the telephone Alright, yeah, new mangies um, Dude, it's gonna be great, of course Everybody go find it, it's on, it's on Striped Striped Records out of Italy So if you're in Europe, you know where to get it uh, If you're here, all the usual places Will probably have it, of course um, Hit up Mom's Basement or uh, hit up me, hit up Hey Pizza, I'll have some copies pretty soon, I appreciate the support. Hey Pizza! And so is John, blah blah blah. Speaking of, uh, speaking of uh, Mom's Basement, of course, John put out the, uh, the Suck album. Yeah. So, uh, before we get into the Suck, man, I gotta ask you about, um, so you were in the Lebowskis. Yeah. A lo- long, I, What lo- Lebowskis were around for about how long, about 10 years or so?
3: Yeah, a little over, that. I think about 12 years in total. We, uh, I don't know. I mean, we played around a little bit, and but I, I guess it was mainly just local, like to the, the Harrisburg-ish area. Um, and Basement and Alien, who both play in, in the Suck, obviously with me. They both played in Lebowski's at first too. I'm, I'm not sure if you knew that or not, but they were in the, the they were in the early end of end, end of Lebowski's, and I don't know. We we went through quite a few member changes over the years, and. I don't know. It is what it is. That just seems to be the way anymore. But
2: yeah. So were you, were you just a, just a guitar player in that band or?
3: No, I was the singer of that band and guitar. Um, yeah. And then when we went and did the suck, I mean, not like it was right, right after the Lebowski's or anything like that, but I, I think me and Alien kind of thought about singing back and forth and decided that neither of us really want, wanted to do it, actually. And that's when we came across Brad, like uh, the cola, and he was, he was really interested in just doing something. And so me and Alien were kind of like, hey, I don't really want to sing, and I don't think you do either. So why don't we see if Brad sounds, you know, good? And yeah, he was awesome. We love
2: it, man. I was checking out the, uh, the first four beers um, thing today at work. Oh, cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. I like the earlier stuff a little bit more than the the last two. It looks like he had like two albums that were put out like two thousand
3: and fourteen two thousand and sixteen yeah the band definitely changed the band definitely changed a lot at that point. Um, it was all different, guys, and another one of my buddies actually sang and wrote half the songs then too, which I think made it sound so much different because he writes pretty different than me. Um,
2: i don't know i'm pretty simple ramon style you know (laughs) so what's up with the suck then man you guys gonna be doing a new album soon yeah we
3: are in the process
2: right now of recording it so pretty pumped it's starting to come together
3: um definitely not close yet but we're getting there and yeah sounding cool really into it
2: you guys uh i i had heard a rumor i don't know if i should even talk about this that maybe you guys were going to play a show um this was a while back of course pre-COVID, so is yeah. that is that ever going to happen? I know you guys aren't really in the same vicinity of...
3: Yeah, um, you know, I think we decided that we were finally going to do it and honestly, a few weeks later like COVID hit and so now we're all kind of blaming that, like, look what we did, you know, we decided to finally play a show and here you go, we shut the world down, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping there's it's no truth fault. to that but who knows, I mean, I don't know, we never had much thought about playing and our buddy Greg that does like a rock and roll manifesto uh, online radio show. He was going to have like a 10th anniversary and we wanted to play. He wanted us to play and we were gonna, but yeah, no such luck this year. Maybe, maybe another time.
2: Yeah. I think, I think John told me about that and I wasn't supposed to, I think it was a big secret or something, but yeah, that, that's something I'd love to come out for, but man, it's such a long drive for me. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I've driven out, I've, I've actually driven, um, from Harrisburg to lacrosse. I did that in a straight shot once.
3: Oh, wow.
2: And, and why it was why like, why
3: were you out in Harrisburg?
2: Um, well, I was in, I went to just out East. So oh, okay. I like yeah. ended up in I, my, you know, the target was Philadelphia and, gotcha. you know, went up into, uh, um, over to New Jersey and then up to, uh, basically record shopping, you know, cool. I went to, uh, like Princeton record exchange and, uh, couple other stores in new jersey and then um went swung down to delaware back to philly and then spent the night in harrisburg and then basically left you know left harrisburg and drove straight straight home and it was yeah. brutal man i couldn't do it now like that was, this was when i was i was probably like 20 Oh
3: sure <laughs> you know, i, I mean, understand i've made i've made those long trips for shows and stuff when i was younger um in fact, speaking of the Mangies, that was one of my fur- furthest that I traveled. I, I drove from Harrisburg to, like, I forget where it was, but near Ashland, Kentucky. And, uh, yeah, it was about probably eight hours to, to see the Mangies when they were over here. And it was it was awesome, but, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a drive, man. The, I, I had to drive to Chicago to see them, so that's like a five-and-a-half-hour drive. Sure. Which isn't too bad, but... You know the worst thing about driving to a show is that drive home, right? Oh, uh,
3: absolutely.
2: Let me ask you this while we're we're, we're still talking about um, the dunk. Was was Lebowski's your first band?
3: No, I played in. I mean, I played in a couple small nothing bands when I was in high school, and then my band when I was in like twelfth twelfth grade, we were called the All Stars, and it was like you know mocked after like old Queers and Ramones and stuff, and it was it was fun. I mean. I'll send it to you. I we have like a you know, we had a tape back then and I put it all on band just for the hell of it. But it, it's cool, fast stuff. You know, I was seventeen years old or whatever, but yeah, fun. And uh oh uh, we played in a band, actually me and Basement played in a band after that called the strikeouts and we did a split with the Vapids. Um wasn't defi- it definitely wasn't typical pop punk. Um and Bo sang in that you know i love i love those voices just he's got a good voice it's quite different i mean honestly it just is it's one of those voices like i don't know joey vindictive or brandon dung you know that you just like maybe not right away (laughs) that you're like wow that is definitely different but it was that band was pretty cool too um and then yeah shortly after that actually oh i didn't do much after that for a little while and then uh did like a ramones tribute thing and it was fun but i'm like all right i'm gonna just write songs and like basically just do this just my own songs and that's pretty much alabowski started them
2: that's cool man yeah so hey before i forget um i gotta thank you for a couple weeks ago rigging that contest so i won
3: <laughs> i swear it wasn't <laughs> rigged but you are very welcome i hope you enjoy
2: yeah i actually that's- had I actually got the suck record, and then I gave it away to somebody as a gift. Yeah, that wanted it. Just somebody that was talking about um, writing. You know, heard the suck on the show. Uh, I think it was it was way back when. And um, That's cool. I just surprised them when you know I had already started the label, and just kind of surprised them. And thinking, I'll just pick up another copy you know yeah and then um then I couldn't (laughs) and I was happy with digital so I just said screw it you know get repressed eventually or whatever so yeah yeah so now I have another copy so
3: it wasn't rigged I promise but yes that's awesome (laughs) I was surprised I don't know I don't know if you heard in the video like that I posted like it kind of it might have cut off a little bit but like alien was with me that night Yeah, I I heard it. Who won? And he's like, "Shut up!" And I'm like, "I swear, dude."
2: (laughs) Yeah, he 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 didn't buy it either. So
3: nice. Yeah, man. But thanks, (laughs) dude. That was that was cool. Absolutely, man.
2: Um, all right, dude. Super excited for this. Um, like everyone's going to be new Travoltas. Heck yeah! Out uh, out next week. Next. Uh, October first, man. This is part of the uh, something to do records that that monthly series. You know, I think it's um, something to do music for something to do people, and this is volume twenty seven, I think. Cool. Not that that matters, yeah. but you know. Um, but yeah, New Travoltas, man. Let's should we do it? Let's do it. <laughs> All right, I got this song the other day, and blew me away. I couldn't believe it. Like, I expect I expect greatness when it comes from the Travoltas, you know. But it's been a while. I don't I don't know the last time they put anything out. But it, yeah, it's was, been a while, and like ten years maybe.
3: I was thinking the same. I really don't even remember, but it feels like it had to be at least that long.
2: So I I honestly I wasn't expecting much, you know. I was kind of yeah. expecting. I don't know. I wasn't expecting maybe one of the best songs they've ever put out. That's what I think this is, man. It just it blew me away.
3: Yeah, dude, it sounds great. I I love it.
2: When I first heard this, I told somebody this is the best fucking Travolta song I've ever heard. I've kind of (laughs) backed off of that a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um. I don't know. But it's it's right up there. Definitely. Yeah. So I don't know what else uh, Travolta's got going on. I don't know if they have a new record coming out. I don't know. I don't know what the plans are. You know. Sure. Um, I think I think COVID, you know, I think the quarantine, everyone's at home. I mean, we've seen great records this year, and I don't think, you know, they weren't all a product of that. You know, Weasel was obviously done prior to that and mangie's and stuff, but I think, yeah. you know, we, we, we are going to see some cool shit, I think, just because people were trapped at home writing music. You know, Perry probably wrote a bunch of cool songs. I'm sure, <laughs> and yeah. Of course, he's got the studio, so why not, man?
3: That's awesome I hope that song sounds great I hope there's more
2: yeah yeah so everyone uh yeah next week you'll be able to uh to download it from uh, the Something to do uh, records you know bandcamp whatever you'll find it you know you'll see the posts
3: Suck did a song for that too a couple of years ago now but yeah that was awesome he does uh yeah this whole single series is pretty cool he's had a lot of great bands.
2: imagine um, I can't imagine how difficult it is to organize this shit though because I I, I know for a fact he doesn't have these songs like months and months in advance you know he's getting them kind of as they come in he's putting them out so I know there's probably some you know especially with this year you know it's probably people haven't been able to just go and record so I think he's had to kind of Uh, Flip flop around certain bands and shit, so it's I can't imagine doing it. But
3: yeah, I can't either. I mean, you know, it's I mean, it's easier at first that it's just digital, like he did the vinyl after after the fact. But I still can't imagine getting all that together monthly, like you know, yeah, that's a lot to do, man.
2: It is a lot, and good on him, man. It's it it is kind of a cool idea. It's different, so I hope he keeps doing it because. I have heard um, some of the other bands that he's doing, and uh, it's it's gonna be cool, something to look forward yeah. to. So, anyways, man, let's should we? You want to get to the topic at hand? Yeah, sounds good.
1: D U M M Y R O O M. That's right. It's Haley from Haley and the Crushers, and you are hanging out in the Dummy Room.
2: So um the 39 smooth of course this is the first green day album um released uh April 13th 1990 and and good on them for not doing uh April 20th eh
3: <laughs> Wow I never thought of that that's pretty funny actually I mean especially being green day like yeah
2: <laughs> Ex- Yeah exactly I just I happened to look it up today like when the actual release date was and that came to mind right away, and I thought, way to not, you know, not take the the hanging fruit there, you know. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So let me ask you, what's the first time, like your first time hearing Green Day or hearing of Green Day? So it was definitely Dookie for me.
3: Uh, when Dookie came out, I was 13 years old, and that was pretty much. I mean, yeah, like so many other people around my age, uh, just my introduction to punk. And, you know, I went back, backwards from there, you know, picked uh, Kerplunk's my favorite album of all time. Um, you know, obviously 39 and got into so many other bands from Lookout through these guys, you know, see a Mike didn't wearing a, a Screeching Weasel shirt or, you know, I think he was yeah. the one that wore a Spark Gun shirt too. And Billy had a Groovy Goalie shirt and, i mean at that point i already knew who the goalies were but you know what i mean just like yeah i don't know i mean it's just amazing how much they they opened up you know to something that i could have never even dreamed of like i had no idea that there was music like that out there at the age of 13 you know and definitely yeah a ton of my favorite bands of all time because of it for sure
2: yeah i first um they came on my radar um a local guy um his name is Dave Reinders. He was the uh like the local venue sound guy. He worked at the guitar shop. You know, he was a few years older than me so we kind of looked up to him and he was in a bunch of cool bands. He was in a band called Bob and um I got a couple of their tapes and of course they were okay but they covered um 409, you know, 409 in the coffee maker. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know what it was. I I heard that song and and that song clearly s- stood out to me, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then you ask him, "Oh, that's a you know," he tells me what it is. So of course you you this was pre internet days, you know, and it, you couldn't oh, just sure. go and find that. You know, my town has a cool record store, but it's not that cool. You know, they didn't just have all the Lookout stuff, you know, available. So you kind of had to search a little bit. But I I think so that was my introduction. That was the first thing I ever heard, and then I think from there I I either got the uh, Thousand Hours or the the Slappy EP. I I don't remember. And then uh, of course, Thirty Nine Smooth, the album. But um, yeah, well, kind of a weird introduction to him. But um, yeah, so that song was actually the first Green Day song I ever heard. So it's it's kind of always kind of held a weird spot for me, you know.
3: Great song, yeah.
2: Yeah, I got I got to dig out that. But I still I keep everything like that, you know. I try to at least. So I I know I still have those Bob tapes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to dig them out and see if it's as good as I remember. Cool. <laughs> we'll see. So. Yeah, Yeah, but anyways, yeah, so, you were mentioning, whether you like Green Day or not, you have to, like, realize the impact that they had on, you know, all of our favorite bands, you know?
3: Yeah, I mean, definitely.
2: They, they sold, uh, of course, they sold a lot of records and they they made a lot of money, but they also sold, you know, they sold a lot of Weasel records. They sold a lot of Queer, you know what I mean? Because really, a lot yeah. of kids discovered that shit because of Green Day.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm one of them and I don't know, like for my age, you know, I don't, I mean, like I was like the perfect age when Dookie came out to basically start getting into music and and whatnot. But like a lot of my friends, you know, they were a little bit older than me. So they knew, knew who they were and everything. I just wasn't friends with these guys when I was that young. If I would have known the guys then I probably would have heard of them. But yeah, for me and my group of friends, I mean, it was, just dookie and then you know everything just exploded i mean i think i mean we were all obsessed with screeching weasel in the 90s like you know just as much or more than green day like no doubt about it and the queers too of course
2: yeah as far as um 39 smooth it hands down my favorite green day record i mean i I love kerplunk that's a great album i love dookie and like i told you the other day i never i kept going i i you know gradually i was losing interest um When when American Idiot came out, I remember um, I was driving back. My wife and I had gone to my buddy Sean's wedding in Montreal, and I remember driving through Toronto on the way home, and them debuting uh, one of one of the singles off of American Idiot. I think they were playing like the whole album. Like some station was like playing the entire album. Yeah, and. We were driving. You know, it takes a while to drive through Toronto, and it was just like, I just, I, it just wasn't doing it for me. You know, those singles, I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get into them at all. So, I ignored that record and pretty much everything after that. <laughs> so, um, you know, here and there, I've, I've heard a couple songs that someone's thrown at me that I, I've liked, and I've just, I'm sure someday I'll go and, you know, listen to that stuff. But yeah, I i'm weird i like when i when i go back and i listen to 39 smooth i'll listen to it three or four times before i move on to kerplunk it takes me a while to even get up to insomniac you know yeah and i did get to insomniac like last week i was listening to that and i was like this is a good fucking album and i listened to it a few times and i never made it it to the next one you know so uh my friend wyatt you know he uh I, I messaged with him last night and I had mentioned we were doing this and uh he he basically said that, and it was he was spot on he said that green day um basically is the, it's their own genre you know, and he kind of nailed it not that. too many bands were sounding like them at that time,
3: yeah, I can definitely see that um i mean even even for lookout like you know, it's not like they didn't fit in with those other bands that we've mentioned. Everybody off-look out, you know, MTX and and, yeah. and them too. But like, but they still were just a little different. I don't know. I, I, I always found it a little hard to explain too. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe a little more rock or not so much punk, but it was still, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's not even right. You know, I, I it really is hard <laughs> to explain, but I I know what you mean. Like, I definitely agree.
2: I can't describe the early stuff. The only way I can describe the new stuff is you can just say to people, well, they sound like Green Day, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, you kind
2: of have that sound. But the first record, I've, at the time, I didn't know how to describe it. Now, at times I hear, you know, I'm not a big fan of Crimp Shrine, but I hear that kind of sound yeah. with better vocals. And, uh, Sure. But the guitar is so different on this record, you know. I hear I it's like Bob Mold is playing guitar for him.
3: Oh yeah, I can see that, yeah.
2: Yeah, and it's uh-huh. it's really weird. It's not all just power chords on this album. There's like weird, you know, that weird picking he does.
3: Yeah, definitely. I remember hearing like a lot in the mid nineties, like about how I just remember people like joking and talking about how Billy was like, you know, the least musical talent of the band and i mean granted mike's a great bass player trey's a great drummer but you go back and listen to this like especially 39 smooth billy's guitar is unreal he was 17 years old he was 17. like that's the thing that sticks out to me the most about like these for you know especially those first two albums I mean, the you know, the way he played guitar and the lyrical content, like, dude, he was a kid, seriously. Like, this is unbelievable that you can come up with that stuff, or at least it is to me. I don't know. I mean, I think that's pretty impressive.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, he was 17 recording this album. I have no idea how he did it. um It almost seems like, you know, I've heard people say that, this was their first album they they hadn't kind of developed their sound yet. The greatness was, you know, yet to come. But to me, I I think this is their best album. I mean, I think the songs are great. I think his guitar playing on this album is amazing.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like uh right.
2: we'll, we'll we'll go through a track by track a little bit, but um we'll get there. But yeah, um aside from, you know, what do you think of the production on this record?
3: I mean, I don't I guess it's bad for Green Day, if you want to call it that. But, like, I mean, everything that they did, Dookie past, like, you know, of course it's going to be bad. I think it's fine. I mean, I think for what it is, an album that that's 30 years old, it certainly lives up. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't know. I like it.
2: I I love the production on this. I, I think there's, you know, there's, there's screw-ups, you know, like with the drums. Like, you can hear them. You know, it's not perfect. It adds It adds a certain charm to the album, you know. I I, totally. I normally don't like like re-records and that kind of shit, but man, I would love to hear like you know the current lineup smash this fucker out, you know.
3: Yeah, that is true. Yeah, how
2: how good it would sound. I'm worried the vocals would sound way off because his vocals on this album were really, uh, you know, they weren't what they are now. Sure, it (laughs) would. I love them so.
3: It would be cool to hear Trey play this, though. Basically, I mean, it. Uh, you know, he is just that much better. But it was a time and place thing. I'm okay with that. I, I don't really like these re-records either. I mean, you fall in love with an album for so many years; it's really hard to be sold on it being re-recorded and then to dig it. You know, not not that they're bad, but I'm with you on that for sure, man.
2: Yeah. So you wanna you wanna do a little a uh, uh, little track by track? Yeah, sounds good. Alright, man. So, uh, I guess right off the bat, we got uh, At the Library. What do you think of this one? Great song, great opener. I like it.
1: how you come up to you? My chance is looking bit right good. Staring across the room Are you leaving soon? I just need a little time What is it that drives me mad? Feels like you i
2: It's about it's about he's he's everybody can relate to this right he's at the he's at the library i don't know if he's actually at the library but he likes this girl you know he's trying to get the balls up to go and talk to her by the time he does her boyfriend showed up right yep it's extremely relatable you know i've always loved this song
3: it is i i know that's one of the things i always say about green day too like again especially these first few albums like yeah it felt like they were like about me or whatever like you know what i mean like you could live like you could relate and live with these songs when you were a 13 14 year old kid so much it was you know i don't know it just it was really cool it made the songs like you know that much more enjoyable or whatever but yeah yeah great opening track
2: yeah great that just the beginning you know the guitar that chunky 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 guitar and then what's the weird like that harmonics thing that he does oh yeah yeah that's just something that even since i don't think they've done anything that cool man (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like i go back and listen to it and it's just like man that's so that just sounds so awesome it's that guitar again man it's just unreal like i it it just
3: it almost just doesn't even sound like billy like because he just I don't know, at least little things like that that you just pointed out. I mean, yeah, you you would never hear him do something like that nowadays, and yeah. All
2: right, so the next song, Don't Leave Me, um, this is, uh, y- you know, Green Day has a sound, just that, just that wailing power chord kind of thing. Yeah. This is the one, man. You yeah, know, definitely. This is the quintessential fucking Green Day sound.
3: I agree, I think... uh yeah I mean, well, obviously we're gonna talk about all the tracks, but this is definitely one I agree like it it sounds like it could have been at least on the on any of the earlier Green Day albums. I think it would have fit just well it it does have that perfect green day sound for sure,
2: yeah um I don't know what it is about this song I just the 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 backup vocals, the harmonies on these songs are just amazing, you know, sure. Um, something that I don't know, they, they, they definitely steered away from that. You know, I don't know if that's Mike's vocals that come out so strong on this record.
3: That's definitely Mike. I, I think Mike is a pretty darn good backing vocalist. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm trying see now I'm trying to think like on the spot, like this, this newer stuff. Maybe he doesn't do it quite as much, but man, I, that—I mean—that old Green Day stuff. Mike's backing vocals, like you know, I don't know, man. They were—they were—they were tough to beat. Seriously.
2: All right, so uh, I was there, man. So the first thing I have, you know, from the first time I heard this, I always think of Def Leppard. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and Wyatt actually mentioned it last night too, and it's like it—it's it, such a cool opening guitar riff, you know. It's just something that—I I don't know. It—it's so far out there from what you would think they would do now, you know. Definitely, they wouldn't even—they wouldn't do anything like that now. I don't think, at least, you know. But um, I think the drummer wrote this song. The writer, at least, wrote the lyrics. John John Kiffmeyer.
3: Yeah, he wrote the lyrics. Um, I like the song but that I don't know for some reason that always sticks out to me that he that Billy didn't write these lyrics because again like so much of these albums like the thought of in my mind is how young he was and like to have a song <laughs> you know what I mean like it almost just didn't fit for like you know like the third song on your opening album but he didn't write the lyrics and I don't know, maybe going back to what you said earlier, like, I love the album, I love all the songs, but maybe it didn't feel as much of an album. I, I know you said something about that, like that people didn't, you know, were, were saying that they didn't come together like that or whatever, you know? Yeah. Could be. I don't know. Still a great song. Yeah, I,
2: you know, I I know that John wrote the lyrics, and I always, when I forget that, I always I always think, man, how does, how did how did Billy Joe write a song like this? You know, he was like 17, 18 years old. Like he wasn't there, you know, but exactly. then I heard it's my exact note. <laughs> yeah, they did, but they did a lot up to this point. Like they had already toured, right? They've, they'd already like, they'd already played in like, I apparently like Minnesota and they've played the Midwest already.
3: Even before 39. I didn't, I didn't realize they did that, but you could definitely be right. Um...
2: I heard that because I don't remember where that was, but
3: yeah i definitely heard
2: that they were touring like before this album so
3: at this point i've read so many green day things just like ramones i i don't know if i can barely even remember anymore um but like yeah because i know like billy met his wife during a tour in minnesota like because she's from minnesota yeah maybe maybe it was a story i mean obviously it was a hell of a long time ago it could have been could have been back from this album i guess it well, hell, it gotta be actually. If he wrote a song called "80" on the next album, so I guess you're right.
2: <laughs> yeah, this this song's just you know I I feel like I was there. If it would have been on Dookie, it could have been on Dookie. Um, could have been a big hit, man. You know, yeah. the a, a bigger production. It's radio friendly enough, or it was, you know, 25 years ago. I could have heard it on the radio, you know.
3: Sure, definitely.
2: Um, yeah. So uh, next song, "Disappearing Boy." <laughs>
3: For me, yeah, for me personally, this is one of my three favorites on it. I I love this song. It's awesome, it's Green Day, and yeah, it's, I don't know, I love
2: it, yep. Yeah, so one thing I always loved about this song was the the breakdown in the middle, and it's sort of, you know, maybe it's sort of their, just the inexperience, just the production, but it's sort of loose, and it's almost going away. But the yeah. fucking vocals, like when he sings, he carries that whole fucking thing.
3: Absolutely. And
2: it's really, if you really just listen to it, it's amazing how that breakdown, It, it it's sort of weird. Like it doesn't sound that good until he starts singing. He just brings it all together. And then, of course, yeah. you go right back into it, But
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I could almost like, I feel like a little bit like Don't Leave Me. It does just sound like that classic Green Day song. And other than that, like maybe with the breakdown, like again, not to riff the drummer. It's not like he was horrible, but like you have Trey do that and it's completely different. It just is. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, if Trey's on this album, maybe it just doesn't have the same feel either. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not going to complain. It is what it is and I like
2: it, you know? Weird thing about this song is, though, that intro, that intro riff. It's, you know, it's kind of metally sounding maybe a little bit, but it it's just the intro. It's never again in the song. It just sort of goes away. It's still cool. Yeah. It sounds rad as fuck, but...
3: I guess that's why, like, a lot of this early Green Day, like, especially this album, like, it, his guitar... I mean, I know he was influenced by metal and everything, and it, you can tell. Like, you really can. But it certainly goes away quick. Like, I feel like this album was, like big time like that compared to anything else, even Kerplunk, which was only what a year after this. That's pretty crazy how quick yeah. it changed, but yeah, but yeah, I definitely agree with you, man. You, you hear so much more metally stuff on this album from, from Billy's guitar, but yeah.
2: Okay. How about, uh, uh, I don't know how, how many bands have self-titled songs. I mean, everyone does <laughs> the self-titled album, right? But a song I was trying yeah. to think. Yeah. I didn't, I don't know, the only one I can think of is, you know, the Ramones, but they didn't, does that count? Yeah,
3: I mean, they didn't even
2: write it, but yeah. Yeah, but Um, you know, I can't think of another one.
3: Man, I don't know if I can either. I mean, I remember (laughs) thinking that when I was a kid too, like, you know, it's so weird that they have, like, they have a song called Green Day, they're called Green Day. I don't know, that is kind of weird, but yeah, thinking of it, I can't really think of any bands that, that do that, like have a song called that.
2: Yeah, I just assume because of, you know, they were Sweet Children and maybe they had written that song when they were Sweet Children and then I mean, clearly Green Day is just kind of a cooler name than Sweet Children.
3: Definitely, but don't didn't, don't they have a song called Sweet Children too? I mean, like, so yeah. they had a song, yeah, so that's <laughs> kind of funny, actually, and I, I I never really put that together before that, but like, yeah, so both the versions of their bands, they had a song of named after their band anyway.
2: Yeah, so what do you th- what do you think of this song?
3: Honestly, not one of my favorites on it, but it's okay. I mean, it's certainly not, I don't dislike any of them. I mean, I don't, I don't dislike any early Green Day, I can tell you that. But yeah, probably one of, my, one of my least favorite
2: on it, honestly. What do you think, man? Well, I actually love it. The only okay. thing I don't like is all the little drum fills. They do the, yeah. it the same drum. So actually today I was, I was listening to it and I was like, oh yeah, that fucking same drum fill throughout the whole song. I counted them. Take a guess how many of those drum fills there are. Oh
3: man, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't even.
2: Fucking thirty. Wow. He does that thirty times. I couldn't believe it. So no, I ridiculous. I, I, <laughs> and it's wow. really like I was counting it. And I was. I thought you know I'm exaggerating when I'm thinking it's all through the whole song. I was thinking there's gonna be eight of them, and it just kept going. Blew my mind.
1: Yeah.
2: But um, I always liked how the verse starts with the backups, the whoa, you know, it's just like really powerful. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of the little things on this album. I mean, there's only 10 songs, of course, but every song has something that's just, you know, every Green Day song kind of sounds the same. Everybody knows that, you know, but they each sure. have their own little thing that the previous song didn't have. And like this, like the verse with, I I imagine it's Mike, is just, whoa, right in the beginning of the first verse. It's just fucking awesome.
3: Yeah, definitely.
2: Um, One of my favorites, other than 30 fucking drum fills, but... (laughs) All right, man, what what about the next one?
3: Yeah, I mean, I got to assume that that, uh, going to lack was most people's favorite off it. It's definitely... It's definitely my second. I mean, I love the song. It's perfect. It's not my favorite song on it, but it's awesome. It's such a great
2: song it's it's one of my favorites. It's definitely I mean, I, I've seen the I mean, I've seen live videos of them playing this even up up until recently, right? This is a staple song for them, yeah.
3: I mean, I don't know if I would say it's staple, like that they're gonna do it every time, but if they're if you're getting a song off thirty nine it's definitely gonna be pastlaqua for sure
2: um i have always you know just the beginning of course, with just him singing it, it 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 kicks ass the second time it comes around, you know it's just that that muted guitar, yeah, and it just sounds so fucking cool, like the backup sounds so good on this one, the verses. Separated by the palm muting is so cool. I, it's probably my favorite song on the album.
3: It's a, I mean, it's a good pick. It's hard to pick against it. That's for sure. It's great.
2: And I think it's just you know, it is one of those songs that everyone's kind of been there, you know. Absolutely. People don't like love songs. They need politics or whatever. But man, not oh, me. These God. are the songs that I love. You know,
3: I don't like absolutely political I mean, songs. You know. I don't. I don't either. And I mean, it's it's like the one thing that. I don't love about Green Day anymore. Like, you know, I I don't know. I just, when they went that route, like, oh man, don't, don't go there, you know? But, (laughs) you know, it just seems to be the way it is anymore. Nobody wants to write these kick-ass love songs anymore, you
2: know? (laughs) Yeah, so I was thinking about it. And, you know, they got, they got big on Dookie. And they had kind of, they were going away from love songs, of course, you know? But it is love songs, they're kind of, I think the general public finds them boring, you know, they want edgy, they want kind of, you know, dirty stuff, you know, more yeah. political stuff, and like, look at the song that made it on Dookie, like, Welcome to Paradise, they took that from Kerplunk, of course, it wasn't yeah. a love song, it was sort of like that, where we're from, kind of, That's and, true, and I fucking think fucking loved it.
3: I think I just read too recently that it was between that and uh, two thousand light years away to be re-recorded for uh, for Dookie, and I don't remember why they went with Welcome to Paradise. But hell, you're uh, you might be right just by what you're saying. I mean, just because it's more that lyrical content that I don't know. I guess the radio or the people, the the mass people would prefer to hear. But...
2: Yeah, I mean, their their bigger hits were all you know. They weren't love songs, you know. They were. Yeah maybe a couple of them were. Don't get me wrong, but you know, sure, "Long You" sure. not exactly a love yeah. song. <laughs> so I mean, love songs about, about masturbation, yeah. totally. drugs, and yeah. kind of just like being depressed. You know, like basket case, being a, you know what I mean. That kind of yeah, just your life like that is that's much. I mean, it it hits a nerve with a lot of people too. But I I love love songs, man. Yeah, I mean they're timeless.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know, and, most, and so much of that Lookout stuff that we loved back then, you know, what just was that, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know, with this, with M- MTX, of course, was huge, with the, you know, love songs, so, uh, you know, songs about girls, and I don't know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, this is awesome. I still love it, but I don't know, yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I like Green Day all the way through, just when they hit that political content like just calling the album American Idiot and knowing what it was gonna be about it's just like oh man and I and I like a lot of songs on it I really do but like it's just it almost feels like it's gonna be a turnoff to some people just because of that and it probably was you know and I definitely yeah. understand but
2: yeah that's well the political side I I'm on their side of politics <laughs> you know what I mean it's not the the message that was turning me off it's just you know I just I don't like the I songs agree. that are and on I'd, that I had heard you know
3: yeah, I agree and I've said that recently too to to friends like, you know, I agree with them, but I still don't want to hear it, you know. I just don't. Yeah. But I definitely, yeah, I'm I'm with them for sure, but
2: Yeah, I I think at that time, you know, there was a lot of George Bush, right? It was Yeah. Yep, yep. Everybody had something to say about George Bush and it just was so redundant and Absolutely. it was just boring you know like of course everyone hates this guy you don't you don't sure. have to write a song about it you know dude dude Another That one. record
3: <laughs> that records put out two comps back then about like that rock against bush i mean they were <laughs> yeah it you know that has to be i don't know 30 to 40 songs basically anti-bush like that's that's crazy like yeah i mean exactly like you said it's just redundant everybody's doing it like Let's move on, man. Gr- granted, there's a lot of good songs on those comps. Don't get me wrong, but jeez.
2: I can't believe we don't have like four comps about Trump. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Thank
3: God. But yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. I can't believe it either.
2: Yeah. Well, if anyone deserves it, though, it's that fucking guy. So
3: No doubt Anyways. about it. But yep, All right. Yep.
2: Next next track, we got 16. We got a little slap yeah. bass.
3: Slap the bass big time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Good song. Like, I don't really, I don't really know what to say. Like, I don't, I don't, I feel like this one's kind of just middle of the back for me. I like it. I don't
2: know. You know, I like it. I just, I've never, I'm not a huge fan of that, that bass sound, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it sounds middle of the road Green Day for me, you know? I don't skip it. I like it. I like, it's super catchy, you know? It's just that Oh, sometimes when I hear it, I almost cringe when I hear that bass. Just, <laughs> yeah. it's not my thing, you know. Sure. So maybe my least favorite song on the album. I don't know about that, but um, all right, next one, "Road to Acceptance."
3: I like "Road to
1: Acceptance."
2: Um... So do I.
1: Always I waste my time just wondering what the next man thinks of me. Never do exactly what I want, and I'll scar my life for your acceptance.
3: remember the the, so the very first time I ever saw them and and again it was for in, the Insomniac tour like I mean it, it's not like I saw them back in the day you know like I said but uh they played this and they played a couple songs off 39 because you know they only had four albums and an and they actually played this stuff and it was freaking awesome I mean that I don't know yeah I'll, I'll never forget that that's for sure
2: yeah the thing that you know, always stood out on this song was his vocals are really high in this song. You yeah. know, the beginning, it's like he's, his voice is really high. It's, I yeah. don't know, but man, when the chorus kicks in, it's really fucking awesome. I mean, it's a cool song. Definitely. And, and like after yeah. the chorus, that, I don't know what you call it, that like weird second verse where he's, you know, take a look around, whatever he says, that's just, I don't know what a hook that is. I don't know. I don't know if that's a hook, but it's fucking awesome.
3: Yeah. I love it too, man. Great song. It is, it's just strange. And honestly, it was kind of strange live. Like I remember when they played it, I was surprised like that that's one that they played, you know, like, um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's so many more live songs that you could pick, but it's a great song. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Another song with like a kind of a weird breakdown in the middle, just bass and drums. And um yeah his vocals man they just sound so high on this where it's like I don't know if they sped up the tape a little bit or something but yeah it sounds cool. Yeah. I mean I like this song quite a bit.
3: Yeah, definitely.
2: Um all right, we're almost done. How yeah. about rest?
3: Rest. So like I feel like years ago I would have told you this was my least favorite song on it, but I kind of dig it anymore. I don't tell. I like I dig I like, it man. I like the lyrics and I like that it's slow. But, like, I think years ago, I just didn't like that it was slow. It was, like, too boring or whatever. But I like it. I think it's a solid song. Um, I will say, like, obviously, for the most part, I listen to 1039 Smooth, that's Slappy Hour. So you get 19 songs or 18, whatever the heck it is. And this is kind <laughs> yeah. of right in, the, right in the middle of it. And I feel like it fits like that. Now, on 39 Smooth, it to be, like, the second to the last track, I do think it's kind of a pretty weird placement for it that is. especially how they end the album which i know we're about to get there but it's my favorite track i think it's yeah a, a great <laughs> song and like <laughs> i'm just a little surprised that the tracking of it but you know i don't know they were kids who knows maybe they didn't even put much thought into the tracking of it you know
2: yeah i've always liked it you know i but I'm, i i kind of like mid-tempo to slow a lot of times you know like super fast because a lot of bands can't pull super fast off to me you know yeah, but this song I've always liked. You know, I've never been a Beatles fan. I'm not a Beatles guy, but I've I, I read a thing once where Larry Livermore, when he first saw Green Day, um, as I assume Sweet Children, of course, mm-hmm. he he said something about them being like the next Beatles, and I was I read then it's like whatever, dude. But when I hear this <laughs> song, you know, it is sort of Beatlesque, right? Like yeah. the the all the both of them singing together i mean if, unless that's True. billy singing with himself but it sounds fucking great man
3: yeah definitely um i i mean I, I don't mind the beatles especially early beatles i know billy was a beatles fan so i yeah i wouldn't be surprised at all i mean that, that he might have got inspiration for that see that's why you I mean, needed to have him on he could tell you i mean i can't yeah tell
2: well sure. <laughs> fucking a man no, I mean. Um we got the next best thing though. So I, I was I always looked at this song as it's it's, it's sorta of Beatlesy, but his guitar sounds like Bob Mold. It's just oh, that yeah. super electric sounding <laughs> guitar. I can't describe that, but everyone knows it, you know. If you've heard of Hooskrudo oh, it's that guitar tone. Yeah. And of course Bill I'm I'm assuming he was a Hooscredo fan at this time.
3: Definitely. Well, I mean, I guess I can't say for sure, definitely back then, but I would assume. I mean, I know, I know he's a huge uh, Husker Du fan, huge Matt's fan. Like, yeah, I'm. I mean, I I would assume that he took a lot of inspiration from Mold for sure.
2: Yeah, he got to play with the replacements too on those reunion shows, uh, eh? Yeah, yeah. How cool I, is that? I mean, can you imagine, like, just to be able to do shit like that? I mean, I was, you know, I watched those uh, quarantine videos of his. Yeah, yeah, and and he's he's had some really cool songs, you know, yeah. but um, he does the Bengals one, right? He does Manic Monday. Yeah, that would, and that would which cool, is, yeah. it was okay, right? I was like, yeah, it's it's okay, you know, he did a good job, but I I know he's I know he's fucking Billy Joe, I know he's this huge star, but I was still impressed that he got Susanna Hoffs to be on it, Schwing. you know.
3: yeah (laughs)
1: like how do you get her to do
2: it
3: yeah no doubt it is crazy to think that yeah he's just
2: yeah he can probably
3: do whatever he wants you know get whoever he wants to do whatever he wants oh yeah
2: absolutely but yeah yeah. to be able to 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 get on stage with the replacements that's that's awesome that that was so cool and and yeah i just
3: i don't know i mean i just know it's one of his favorite bands like they're one of you know one of mine one of ours and like i mean how cool is that to be like you know he probably found out that they were doing it and was like he probably called tommy or whatever and was like dude i gotta fucking do this with you like i I love you guys you know and, and they know yeah. it i don't know that's pretty cool man i i got to see the replacements twice when they did that whole you know reunion stuff i yeah. was so excited they were like my one band that i always wanted to see that I was too young. I mean, they quit way before I, I would have oh, ever right. got to yeah. see them. Um, but, yeah, I, I was like, man, if Billy would play, that'd be pretty rad. I could care less either way. I'm so excited to see them. But, like, that would have been pretty cool to see them do that.
2: Yeah, I, I unfortunately I didn't see any of those shows. You know, it was at a weird time. You know how it is when kids are born and it's like oh, you yeah. just can't go and do shit. But I... I did see Westerberg when he did all those solo shows, like probably like 2001, 2002. Yeah. You remember when he put out Stereo Mono and it was like oh, yeah. suddenly he was playing like all kinds of shows. I got to see him like three or four times and, um, you know, solo and with the band and stuff. And, yeah, it, it was great. That's so, cool, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I wasn't really, I mean, I thought it was cool, but it, it really wasn't the replacements, you know. It was Tommy and him, right? Sure, yeah. <laughs> I that's... mean, and then, of oh. course, you know, they were probably better, though. I mean, honestly. Well, I mean, I mean they, you weren't, knew...
3: they weren't completely annihilated drunk, you know, I mean, they at least got through the songs. No, they yeah. were good. They were good. Um, yeah, but, I mean,
2: they had a great drummer. I mean, Josh Freeze was playing drums, yeah, I, so you know it was yeah, going to be right. fucking awesome. I couldn't awesome. think
3: of the dude's name. I'm like, who's the drummer? He plays, like, in every band. quite a few, anyway. But, yeah, he yeah. was awesome, man. So solid. Um. Yeah, they were great. I mean, it was awesome to get to see them. It is what it is. Like I know it wasn't the real replacements, but again, I'll take any. I would have taken anything at that point. I was just glad to get to see something.
2: Yeah, yeah. I wish I could have done it. Maybe the. I'm thinking maybe there'll be more. I don't know. Oh man, I, mean, I don't
3: know. I I just think Paul he is something else. Like I I wouldn't trust him to to do another, but. <laughs> uh I mean, I guess anything's possible, especially if you throw money at these people. Yeah, you know, I think he, made pr- but, he
2: probably made enough on that. Yeah. So, the I mean, they played were... some big places.
3: Yeah, I was just going to say, the shows were big, that's for sure. I mean, it's, yeah, that's insane, man. Yep. All
2: right. Oh, last song, man. Judge's Daughter. Is this... I've heard that this is actually, like, he. this was a true song. Like... He was crushing on some chick that's dad was a judge.
3: Dang, I don't think I ever heard that. That's crazy. I love the song, though. It's my favorite one on the album.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is...
3: It,
2: it's one or two for me. And the fucking yeah. guitar solo in this song... Yeah. I mean, he rips the shit out of that thing, and he hasn't yeah. done a solo like that since, man. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah. What's, I mean, is that him? Could he really play like that back then? Because he never did. I mean, it wasn't like the rest of the album is pretty tame compared to that solo.
3: You know, it's a good question, but I really think it is. I mean, I I don't know. I just don't think he does it. Um, I don't know. I mean, not to totally switch subjects, but along the same lines, I remember talking to Alien before about, like, he doesn't really like newer Green Day either. And he's like, you know, one of the biggest reasons why is how different Mike plays bass like and that the way that he played bass back then you know and and i was like man i never i can hear what you're saying i just never really thought of it like that but you're right and yeah i mean i would say i really think this is the outlier for billy though because this album just like is nothing like anything else that that he has done not that the band you know i don't even mean the band in general but just him with guitar like it just i don't know nothing like this ever
2: again no I think their songs got, you know, of course, they wrote great songs after this, you know? Dookie had, it was full of hits. Um, After that, their songs just, I, I mean, this, when I listen back to this compared to, you know, like something like Warning or something, I mean, there was weird songs on that album. Oh, big time. But there's nothing that's, I mean, maybe it's just me. It just, it feels like this album was a little bit more, you know, it was almost groundbreaking, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I can't even des- I mean, you can't describe what Green Day sounds like without saying, they, they sound like Green Day, you know? Yeah. I don't sound like the Ramones. We know he's a big Ramones yeah. fan. The sure, only thing sure. I hear is, I hear that, you know, crimp shrine kind of sound a little bit, and I hear a little bit of that Bob Mould guitar. Other than that, I don't hear a lot of anything else except them,
3: yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to believe that that's how it is for a band because I feel like every band wants to have their own sound. You know what I mean? I mean, unless you clearly just want to, you know, the stuff just wants to be head. I mean, it is what it is. I get that too. You know, but like. For the most part, you want to like have your own sound and I really I know Green Day is my favorite, so I feel like it, it's just a biased opinion. But like they do, they just do. Like it's so hard to compare them to many things, other than you know. Again, you know, these fans of bands obviously like take some from it, but I don't know. It really, it really, it just does stand out to me as well for yeah. sure, man.
2: Yeah, they don't sound like his... I mean, they don't sound like the Replacements. At no point do they sound like the Replacements, you know?
3: No, I agree. I mean, I think... Like, I feel like Warning, he kind of tried... I I don't want to say it sounded like Replacements, but he at least tried to do more of the acoustic type, slow it down stuff. But honestly, like you know so like right after that or right around the time that influence band came out that's like jason white and jason white's been in green day for years too and pinhead gunpowder you know what i mean dude like he i feel like he blew him out of the water like billy put out warning and it was kind of like as replacements ish as billy could do and then the Mm -hmm. influence come out and it's like oh shit dude this is awesome and it's like so freaking replacements like i don't know i mean just you know just my opinion and i think like that's just a, a billy thing like billy is what he is and you know you might be able to hear hints of things throughout the years especially on different albums but especially with his voice he just sounds like billy he just sounds like green day like it you know you can pick them out from anywhere man
2: you had asked me before about uh we were only going to do 39 smooth but you know listening to the to the extended you know with the eps the 1039 smooth Hours. Yeah Out of the remaining Out of the rest of the songs on there What's your favorite, man?
3: Uh Probably Dry Ice I think Fuck it's yeah
2: probably,
3: Yeah, that's probably my favorite Out of the rest of them <laughs>
1: And adults were wishing she was by my side The pain that's in my
2: that song dry ice or only of you those are like the perfect fucking green day songs
3: and i feel like they're they were both off the same single right i can't i honestly can't even remember off the top of my head if they were Um, yeah yeah
2: those were on the uh, thousand hours they were both on
3: that yeah yeah either one of the i think i'd go dry ice but it's one of the two of those they're both freaking perfect yeah
2: yeah for me it's, it's one of those i i go back and i've I think I tried to do that one time on the show. We were doing something, picking songs, and I just, I was going between those two songs and I just couldn't make up my mind on which one I liked more, you know? So, they're so good, man. But anyways, this album, dude, is, I mean, of course it started everything and, you know, a lot of people owe a lot to to Green Day, you know? Can you imagine what Lookout Records would have been like without Green Day? You know how much Man. you know how many do you know how many good albums and how many shitty albums they funded? <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know? I mean I, I know a lot of those weasel albums, you know, they did well in the queers and the ghoulies. They all did well. Absolutely. But, yeah.
3: I mean
1: But at
2: the end there, I mean, like who was buying some of that stuff?
3: Yeah, you know what so I'm talking weird. about. Those well, yeah, and I mean honestly like I feel like I still tried out a lot of the stuff because it was lookout and then you put it in and you're like what on earth is this like it you know and it wasn't all bad it just wasn't lookout it wasn't the queers mtx weasel like at all you know and i don't know it definitely was pretty wild there towards the end but i i don't know i mean lookout had they had a lot of great releases a lot of great bands and not even just all pop punk like You know, again, when you're a kid, man, Operation Ivy was awesome, and they probably would have sold a million anyway, but, like, Green Day made them sell a zillion, basically. You know, they just put it over the top. Um, I I like early Donnas. I I wasn't a huge fan of the Donnas the whole way through, but that first Donnas was awesome. Um, and even even the next two off lookout like uh Rock and roll machine and Tight, great stuff, but still different. I mean that was pretty weird lookout stuff in my opinion anyway like yeah, I don't yeah I don't know but
2: i I wasn't a big fan of the earlier some of the early stuff, you know of course I liked MTX and, and Green Day, but some of the early shit I just I, I just never liked and the later shit oh man I just couldn't get into a lot of it. you know I did like Ted leo. Um, oh, I know he was one of the cool. yeah. bigger things on the label, you know, and it was cool mm-hmm. because he was he was a little different, you know. Like one album was, you know, not, nothing was the same, you know. He kind of he was kind of clashy to me, and I love the clash, you know. Where, yeah, for sure. You know, yep. you could tell he was a fan, and you know, um, but yeah, I mean, the 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 golden era of you know of our mid to late '90s pop punk, man. I mean god damn lookout was kings you know but you know Absolutely. green i mean the whole thing with like lookout wasn't what was the deal they weren't paying the royalties right they weren't i
3: i think that's what it ended up coming down to and i remember like i mean hell this was a long time ago but green day them pulled their stuff and put it out. i think off epitaph like epitaph re-released the first two albums i'm almost positive
2: i i think it was like epitaph europe or something like that put them out
3: okay yeah
2: because they did come out on on reprise those the first two they yeah how many (laughs) how many versions of those first two albums are there
3: yeah wow i don't think i even knew that that they came out of reprise i uh I definitely knew somebody re-released them after Lookout basically folded, and I'm pretty sure <laughs> a big part of Lookout folding, I mean, I don't know for, for positive, but like I'm pretty sure it's because Green Day pulled those albums after all yeah. those years of, yeah. Um, and, and again, they weren't the only ones. I mean, Off Ivy, the, the Donas, like there was other bands that sold a shitload of copies and, and made money for that label. But yeah, I thought it was just Epitaph. I didn't even realize that it was reprise that um aber actually wow <laughs> yeah I'm
2: pretty sure on that so yeah but I wonder how many I mean I wonder how many copies they sold versus lookout because you know lookout sold a shit ton of them uh, you oh, know oh, of, yeah. of the first two green day albums um but yeah I, I i i think I think I heard before that green Day kind of ignored it for a long time too like they weren't getting paid and they let oh. it go for yeah, a long time. so Any other band probably would have pulled it long before that, but they were making, you know, it's it's weird, you know? I mean, how do you... Yeah. You, you started there, you're kind of friends with them still, you can't, you know, you don't want to just, you know, but at the same time, you don't want to get fucked over yourself.
3: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I I definitely heard that too, and I don't know, you heard enough good things about Green Day through the years, or at least I did. Like, I feel like, they're they're good dudes like they they you know i feel like they tried to do the right thing or whatever you think the right thing is but at the same time they just wrote really popular songs and made a zillion dollars and it's like what the fuck do you think they're gonna turn it down like i mean they cut you know what i mean but like i think they really did like always try and like take bands that they actually liked on tour with them i mean at least for a while you know and like these these albums with Lookout you know they like you said funded so many albums through the years and like I think they were happy to be a part of that but then you get like a 924 Gilman Street thing where they like you know completely shun them and you know Maximum Rock and Roll won't run Adeline Records (laughs) ads because Green Day's in it and stuff and it's like I don't know man like I guess I get it to a point but like I just fucking relax. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, but again, I've always loved Green Day, so I'm like, I just don't see what the big uproar is about it. Like, did they have cool songs? Just either listen to them or don't. I don't know, you know? Whatever.
2: Yeah, I, whatever. I mean, I know that that's sort of over now, right? They've, they've since played Gilman Street and they, you know, their ban is uh, expired, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so. I,
3: I mean, I know he has at least because uh, Pinhead has for sure. Yeah, I
2: don't. I, don't I thought know they played game. there. Like, I thought I, I saw a does. video of them playing there, and the crowd. They tried to play like something newer, and the crowd like booed them. You know, and so they, <laughs> they awesome, ended up playing old stuff. But I think the I think it was like a maybe maybe it was like a private thing or something because it was like an older crowd. It wasn't like, you know what I mean. It was like all their old friends and shit. So it's completely yeah, makes sense. You know. I don't know, but yeah, those those early tours, man, Tilt and Pansy Division, of course, oh, Riverdales, yeah. Mr. T, I mean, yeah, yeah. it was it was awesome that they did that, so.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, like, you know, the first time I saw them was with the Riverdales, and I, you know, I know a lot of people didn't want to see the Riverdales. I get it, but, like, the next time I saw them, it was with that, oh, man, super drag. And they literally got booed off the stage. I mean, nobody wanted to see them either. So it was like, well, then fuck, if this is how it's going to be, shit, just bring, you know, I don't know, trying to think of a 1997 band, just bring, you know, the Teen Idols or something. I don't know. Like, But whatever, you know, super drag it was.
2: Superdrag wasn't terrible, man. They had that pretty cool album, man.
3: I don't think they're terrible at all. I mean, again, for 90s alternative stuff, like, that's where it was, like, but I'm just saying, like, they literally got booed off. I'm pretty sure they quit that tour. It was so bad. Like, that's how unwell (laughs) they were received that they quit the tour. And I think D-Generation finished it out because Billy was friends with Jesse and just, you know, they needed somebody quick, but yeah.
2: Well, at least they got somebody, you know, like Metallica. They don't even... For a while there, they didn't have like opening bands, you know. They yeah, just like play true. a movie and then play a movie about them and then play. Like, how, how fucking arrogant is that, man? Have a band <laughs> open up. Don't be afraid yeah. you're going to get blown away, you know?
3: Uh, yeah, that's probably what it is, too. Especially, yeah.
2: Oh, well. Anyways, dude, yeah, great album, man. Thanks for hanging tonight, dude. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. It was nice yeah, talking. um, I. I knew you were a big Green Day fan, you know, and um, I don't know. I just figured you'd want to do it, so
3: yeah. I appreciate been, it, man. I yeah, I, I love Green Day. This was fun. That's awesome.
2: It's nice to meet you, man. Nice. You know, yeah, course, nice to meet you we've, too. we've we've messaged, we've you know, interacted on Facebook, whatever. But sure. Yeah, it's nice to have a little chat. Definitely. Yeah. All right, Craig. Um, well, hopefully, um. Hopefully, when there's some new suck material or anything new from you, you can uh, you come back and at least uh, let me debut something or something, right? Yeah, sounds good, Nate, for sure. Yeah. Hey, the next suck album, you gonna start promoting it like three years in advance, like the first one, or what?
3: I mean, so that's why I'm kind of just keeping quiet, you know. <laughs> I don't. I mean, we might, you know, it might not be that far until we're done with it. But if it takes another six, seven months of the pressing plant, which you own a label, you know that, like, hey, yeah, man, yeah, jeez. Yeah. You th- i just stay in age i just don't know you know especially this year i can't even imagine that this stuff's flying out of these plants so we'll we'll try and take it easy on you i promise yeah
2: no i don't mind man you're like a label's wet dream though dude i know john loved it because he didn't have to do as much work
3: john's definitely a good dude we love john he's awesome
2: yeah john is great so he's he's uh he's a friend of the show he's a friend of mine he's uh we've become close. He's helped me through a, a couple of things. He's helped me with label shit. So I appreciate him. And uh, yeah, good dude. For sure.
3: But he still can't sell you on in head. Where, where are we at? Hey, on hey, past- hey, 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 Hey,
2: that's the <laughs> thing, you know, like I, I like head, you know, it's just, I don't worship head. Like you guys do. I get it. You know, I mean,
3: I, I don't know. Like I, I think they're, yeah, I think they're awesome. They're just, they're just so one of a kind, but like I, I oh definitely it's not not for everybody. I get it, but yes, yeah, so we're all about the street rock, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I I'll, I'll maybe I'll come around on head, and when I do, I will apologize to all you head dudes <laughs> out there. Sounds good. All right, man. Well, we'll take care, and uh, we'll talk to you later, dude. All right, sounds good. All right. Big thanks to Craig for coming on the show. Uh, Pretty awesome dude. Uh, Check out his band, The Suck, of course. Um, Yeah, thanks to everyone for listening. If you made it this far, extra thanks. And uh, we'll see you next week. Should be pretty special. Uh, You can probably figure it out. Anyways, we'll see you then.